We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, everyone, to the Irish Breakdown Podcast. Before we begin, if you could please like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, and share this podcast wherever you are listening to it. We appreciate everybody for hopping in. I am Ryan Roberts, the director of recruiting here at irishbreakdown.com, joined by Mr. Brian Driscoll, the publisher at irishbreakdown.com. If you're confused, it's because I am leading the intro today, which I am excited about because I have been, well, we have been warning you for many weeks now. June is going to get crazy, and it sure did it start off this past weekend with the Irish invasion, with some uh, some campus visits from several talented players, both in the 2023 class, 2024, and even some 2025s. Of course, this is our recruiting hour. Man, Brian, there's a lot to talk about, man. Yeah. I know we're, we want to hit off with some Irish invasion to start. We're going to talk about some offensive line recruiting. We're going to talk about some general stuff we heard over the weekend. A lot of makings, man. I think generally we should start off, though, with the Irish Invasion, Mm -hmm. which happened yesterday. You were able to be in attendance. Mm -hmm. I know there were players like C.J. Carr in attendance, who's a really talented football player. We had uh, uh, the um, the wide receiver that is Cam Williams. Well, Cam Williams was in attendance as well. To Roshan Johnson, excuse me, the in-state that just got an offer. Bronte, right? Bronte. Bronte. Tay-Tay. Yeah, right. Tay-Tay, Tay-Tay. That's, that's what threw me off, the Tay-Tay on Twitter. But, yes, Bronte Johnson, four-star, top 50 caliber recruit in the 2024 class. You also had Aeneas Williams, a new spelling of Aeneas Williams. Yeah. Not the Aeneas Williams that I know, but a very talented group, Ryan. I think anybody would be upset if we didn't start off yeah. with the Caleb Beasley was there, uh, too. Yeah. We'll talk about uh, him. Who may have been the best player Gar- on oh, the scene. Yeah, he had mine. He had mine. Yeah. But you you were correct, Ryan. People yep. always want to talk about quarterback first. Always. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. So we want to start, of course, with that being Mr. C.J. Carr out of the state of Michigan, Saline High School in their 2024, about six foot three, 195 pounds listed, really talented listed. player listed. Yeah. Well, we're going to be generous until we get some official measurements, right? So really talented quarterback in the 2024 class, pretty much consensus top 50 player. Mm-hmm. I think one has him as a five-star caliber quarterback. Of course, Lloyd Carr's grandson, which is, right. we want to keep measure, well, mentioning that, especially if Notre sure. Dame's able to land him down the road. But I hear, Brian, by all indications, he did live up to the billing on Sunday. He did. Now, keep in mind that the format of the camp was such that he didn't get a ton of like work in one-on-ones against the defense. I mean, there was, you know, we were asked a question on the message board. I haven't answered it yet because I've just had a lot of things to, to do. I haven't got to it yet. But if that person's listening now, you know, is this more kids than have been in the past? I, I don't know if it was more than we've ever seen, but it was a bigger group than normal. And it was still even not like, I mean, they still had the lineman camp where there's a lot of 23 and especially 24 kids that were at the lineman camp. So there was a few, there was like three, like huge six, 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 seven, 300 plus pound kids, even at Irish invasion, but there was even more kids at the lineman camp. I've heard there was over a hundred players at the lineman camp. There was, I mean, there had to have been well over a hundred kids last night at Irish invasion, which is for the most part, an invite camp. I mean, it's not really, but you know, they definitely like certain kids to, to definitely be there. CJ Carr was there. The point I'm saying all that is once they got to one-on-ones, there just weren't a ton of reps for kids to take. But we got a chance to see CJ during individual drills, see him running around. I think that to me was my biggest takeaway is he's an even better athlete when you see him moving in drills than he is on film. He, he's a good, he's a good athlete on film. We've talked about this, you know, can move the chains and, and, you know, he's a more productive runner now than like, for example, Dante Moore is in high school, which, you know, there's stereotypes about both kids, but it's the opposite. They're opposite of what the stereotype is. 
but you know, you saw him move around yesterday. Like this kid's really agile. Like he looks like a kid, you know, he's a football kid, but he looks like the kind of kid that would be a lacrosse player, right? The build six, two and a half. He looked like 185 to me, you know, but muscular lean. He's gonna he's gonna fill out, he's gonna be 200, 200 plus. He's you know, maybe grow another half inch inch, but he's just got that really like athletic movement, right? You know, the agility, the quickness, some strength to him and things like that. That's something that stood out first to me because that's not something you can always see on film. Sure. And then we saw him throw. I think his arm, the first thing I noticed is from the camp setting compared to where he was in the fall as a maturing kid, probably 16 years old now or getting close to 16 years old. He's kind of hitting that growth spurt. He still looks young. Mm-hmm. Like there was a couple 2024 20, kids. There was a 20, like Kobe Howard looks like a senior. I mean, like just physically, you know, kind of like Richard Young just in the face looks like a college senior. That's Kobe Howard's a little bit like that. Yeah. And we'll talk about him a little bit later as well. But CJ looks young. He, so his body's going to develop. But what I noticed is there's already a little bit on this. The last time I saw a quarterback with his level of accuracy and, and what I'm, I'm talking true accuracy, meaning, Ball placement, you know, can you put the ball high when it needs to be high? Can you put it low and away when it needs to be low and away? Can you back shoulder it when it needs to be back shoulder? Not just hitting guys in stride all the time, but can you really drop it where you need to drop it? And and the last, the only kid that I've seen ever be at Irish Invasion that could that could come that could match or maybe even surpass what CJ did is when JT Daniels was coming out. Mm. And and as we all know, JT Daniels was, I mean, one of the greatest high school quarterbacks we've seen in twenty years. I mean, the, the job he did and at modern day and his accuracy and ball placement and just in drills is, is special and that's what cj showed now he doesn't quite have the same arm strength as as jt did at the same age jt was bigger though yeah and but you know it noticeable jump you know just a few more rpms right ryan coming out uh he still throws a tremendous accuracy there was a throw he made to jack larson and one-on-ones where they're running corner routes and he just drops it i mean just perfect hang time and what i mean by that is you want to drop it on a dime to a guy, right? Like just really drop it over, but you don't want to float it because that's when the defense can come. His ability to get the ball up with trajectory, but then drop it down with some velocity so he's not just floating it and aiming it, but he's snapping it off high. It's a release point thing. A lot of kids that don't throw the ball the way he does, they view it as, well, I got to slow my arm speed down. And and actually, it's actually sped up a little bit, compact and sped up, but it's more about changing the release point. You need to release it sooner to get that trajectory on it. But if you slow your arm speed down too much, it's going to float. CJ already has that figured out as a rising junior in high school, which I was impressed by. You know, could throw the outcuts, you know, the hash outcuts effectively with some zip and good ball placement. There was one particular throw. I think he threw it to Cam Williams. Mm-hmm. There was a comeback route. And the corner had decent coverage on it. But CJ threw it with such timing and the ball placement was such that that it was well placed, but it got there with some zip in the corner who was in decent position to maybe make a play, just couldn't get to the ball. So Cam Williams is able to catch it. So I was impressed by that. Now, again, we didn't see a lot of competitive reps for him simply because there were so many quarterbacks there. Yes. And there's some there's some good quarterbacks there. So we didn't get to see a ton of that, but just between all the reps that we saw during one on ones and and routes on air and going through drills, he. He throws a really pretty ball, real compact release, repeatable release, can throw off platform a little bit. He's not like Dante in that regard. He's a little bit more of a traditional pocket passer, mm-hmm. you know, from that standpoint. But that's a part, a part of his game that is evolving. He can do a little bit. But he confirmed to me, Ryan, that he is what you and I thought he was coming in, mm-hmm. which is a top 50 recruit. 
with the potential to eventually become a five-star kid. I, I don't view him that now, but I also don't view many sophomores as five stars. I mean, right. you're just not quite there yet. And I don't like lowering the standard of a five-star simply because you're young. It's like, okay, you either are or you aren't. Right. But he's clearly a top 50 recruit. And with still two more years of high school left, I'd be surprised if he doesn't eventually become a, a no-brainer. Sure, yeah, that kid's a five-star player. Uh, but he's got all the makings of it. It's just I need to see some a little bit more physical maturity, just things that are just part of going from 16 to 17 to 18, right? right? And and that's really what it boils down to. I mean, if you go look at pictures of me when I was playing quarterback as a sophomore in high school and then look at me as a senior, I'm just a different kid, mm-hmm. you know, two inches taller, 15, 20 pounds heavier, and it's just normal maturity. And so CJ will continue to fill out as well, but a very, very impressive performance. And last thing, Ryan, he yep. carries himself like you'd expect – a big time quarterback to carry himself. And I don't mean that disrespectfully. I mean, just like very confident, uh, very community, communicative, right. Uh, communicates a ton, talks to kids, engaging. I mean, he was going up to Caleb Beasley, going up to Cam Williams, going up to Jack Larson, just talking to other quarterbacks, you know, slapping hands with other quarterbacks, not big time in it. You know, from what I could tell, not big time in other kids, like, Hey, I'm a five-star. Who are you talking to me? That kind of thing. It was just like, just talking to everybody, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you look for things like that. Like, okay, is this kid going to walk around like his, you know, like he's, you know, just a man and won't talk to anybody else. He walks like he's the man. Right. But that's not what I'm talking about. I want a confident quarterback. I don't want a guy like, Oh, I'm just trying to do my best. <laughs> I want you to think you're the man. And when it's a minute left in the game, you want the ball, right? Meek people don't want the ball with a minute left in the national championship game, but then there's being cocky and confident and being arrogant. I don't want arrogant. And that's what you see from CJ is walking up to people saying, yes, sir. Uh, you know, shaking hands with people when people acknowledge him that he doesn't know smiling and saying, Hey, how are you? As he walks by. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those are traits you see from a, don't often see from a young kid that CJ has. And I think that's partly where his pedigree comes into play because he's been around this his whole life, you know, with Mm -hmm. who his grandfather is. So I was impressed by him. Like he, he solidified no brainer top 50 caliber player, one of, he's going to be one of the two or three. There's only one quarterback in the class that I would say for sure right now I have graded higher than him, and that's the Rayola kid going to Ohio State. That's it. Sure. He's in that conversation with all you know with Jaden Davis and with all those other quarterbacks in the class, and it's a it's a good class. I don't know if it's as top heavy, like if it's as five star heavy as this 23 class, mm-hmm. but it's it's really good and really deep. And right now the only quarterback I've seen that I have a higher grade on than CJ Carr is is Rayola who's who's going to Ohio State. So that's a that's a good sign for Notre Dame because yep. as we get into the recruiting part, Ryan, that Notre Dame's in a really good position with CJ Carr. Yeah, no, they are. And I, I would just like people to kind of be aware of that for a second because the I mean we get asked this all the time, Brian, is like how serious of a tender could they be for a CJ Carr right. because he's Lloyd Carr's grandson and he lives in the state of Michigan. I'm just here to say I'm not going to spoil too much. They're a player. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah, right I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll say it. I'll say, say it, it, right? Um, I respect the fact that you're like, okay, I don't know if he's going to want me to say this or not. Well, I'm going to make the executive decision to say it. There's leader and it, and, and it, clear leader for CJ Carr right now. Ta- and this is one of the advantages to making Dante Moore your only guy in 23. The decision to make Dante the only player in 23, and trust me, the first question I get asked is, does Notre Dame making a push for C.J. Carr indicate that they're less confident in Dante Moore? No. Mm-hmm. No. 
they are still feeling the same way they feel about Dante Moore. They're still pushing for Dante Moore. This is a byproduct of one, you keep recruiting good players, just like the, if CJ Carr committed tomorrow, he's not going to. I'm not saying he is. I'm just making an example. They're still going to recruit Bryce J. Underwood and other top 25 guys that are elite. That's what you do when you're an elite program. Now, you're not always going to land a five star quarterback every year because that's just the kid, some kids are gonna be like, okay, I don't mind competition, but come on. Like, that's absurd. You know, but the point is, is that they're going after CJ Carr just like they're not going to not recruit top running backs because they have Jaden Lamar, just like they're not going to not recruit top defensive linemen just because they have Keon Keeley and, and Bubakar Traore and Brennan Vernon and Devin Houston. And same thing, they're going to continue to recruit elite linebackers in 24, just like just even though they have Drake Bowen, right? You, you know what I mean? That's what great programs do. The, the, what, I, what I will say is, is this is a byproduct of the decision that was made a couple months ago to say there's only one quarterback we want in 23. There's only one quarterback that we view as a, as a program changer that we want, and it's Dante Moore. Once Notre Dame went down that aisle, it then allowed Tom Reese to focus his attention on the 2024 class, and, that's a, and this is a byproduct of that. So he's been able to do the, okay, looking at Jaden Davis, looking at Adrian Posse, looking at, you know, all those other kind of things and, and being able to look at it. And, and I don't know, uh, Spanky brought this up. He would thank you for the super chat, Spanky. Hasn't CJ Carr said he won't go where Dante goes? I have never heard CJ Carr say that. He has never hinted that. And if that were true, Notre Dame wouldn't have recruited him. Right. And, and yeah. so I don't know where that came from. I don't know if that was up some one of those knuckleheads that covers Michigan that you know likes to put out all types of false things I don't know where it came from but he has never hinted that to us and Ryan's talked to him multiple times correct and I believe Sean has talked to him no one from the other side of that recruitment has ever mentioned that to us we have never heard that before other than on message boards that's it so I don't I don't believe that to be Mm -hmm. true uh in in my opinion that just there's never been anything to that in in our view but that 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 decision to to focus on Dante has helped them because they they looked at Jaden Davis, who they like. They looked at Adrian Posse, who's, I mean, other than Rayola, I don't know if there's another quarterback just from a pure arm strength standpoint that has a stronger arm that I've seen. It's a it's really good 2024 class. Yeah. But they've identified CJ Carr as that guy. So because they went in all on Dante, and they're not like, well, we got to spend our time on the spring getting out, seeing other 2023 quarterbacks. They did what we said they should do, which is put all their eggs in the Dante Moore basket. We'll find out if that works out or not. But I'm not going to criticize for doing what we said they should do. But what that has done is that it has allowed them to then focus on, okay, now CJ's the next guy. It's not instead of, it's the next guy. And that's what great programs do. And let's be honest about something else. You do not want a quarterback that's afraid of going somewhere because there's another highly ranked kid there. You go and beat him out. And if you look at the schools that C.J. Carr has looked at, Ohio State, Michigan, they're going to sign a big-time quarterback in the year before him or soon after, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he's not going to go to Michigan and because, what, he's afraid they may sign Bryce J. Underwood the next year? And Somebody said this, like, do you think Dante Moore would be afraid of, of if Notre Dame got C.J. Moore? Because it's the other question, Ryan. If Notre Dame gets C.J. Carr, is that going to hurt them with Dante Moore? Dante Moore is looking at Notre Dame, who has Tyler Buckner, who's going to be there for multiple years. He's looking at Texas A&M, who just signed Connor Wigman, who's one of the best quarterbacks in the 2022 class, five-star kid, elite quarterback. He's looking at Miami, 
who signed Jake Garcia in the 21 class, top 50 quarterback. He redshirted, right? And so I'm trying to think, uh, LSU, he's looking at LSU, who just signed a five-star quarterback in Walker Howard in the class right in front of him. If he was going to shy away from competition, oh, uh, Oregon signed um, the Thompson kid in the mm-hmm. 21 class who redshirted last year. So he's gonna. there's going to be only a year of separation eligibility there. If Dante Moore was worried about competition, he's going to look ahead, not behind. Right. And and so he, the fact that he's looking at the schools he's looking at tells me Dante's Dante's not worried about what else you're on the depth chart. He's going to go and compete. He wants to go somewhere to compete wherever it goes from, wherever he goes to, excuse me. And so I don't yeah. think that's going to be an issue. And so I just want to kind of dispel those things, uh, you know, kind of before we, we get to, because those are the questions we always get asked, right, Ryan, on the message yeah. board. Every time we mention C.J. Carr, Dante Moore, they kind of go hand in hand. And, you know, I just – I don't think either is going to have a huge impact on either's recruitment, in my opinion. If Dante – if they – let's just say, again, hypothetically, C.J. Commit Carr committed tomorrow. If Dante Moore goes somewhere else, which we still think he's – we still feel good about Notre Dame, it's not going to be because he was afraid of competing against C.J. Carr. Agree. Yeah. So – no. It's a great point. I, I would say this again, every time that I've talked to CJ, he speaks very highly of Notre Dame. We know that there's a huge connection there. We also know, and we didn't talk about this, Tommy Reese loves CJ Carr. Like that is his guy in the 2023 cycle, right? So just keep an open mind. I'm just telling you right now, just because he's Lloyd Carr's grandson and he has the Michigan ties, it's a possibility there, right? So Let's move on, Brian. I think we would mm-hmm. need to talk about some of these skill position players that guys like CJ and the other quarterbacks on campus were able to throw to. A player that we have known about, he visited in the past already, is twice, I, right? Is, what's that? Aeneas took, Williams? Oh, no. Sorry. I thought you were going to talk about Cam Williams. Are you going to the Cam? No, I was, I was going to the running backs. Yeah. The running backs, a little Let's bit of it. love here. Let's do Aeneas, it. Who, Aeneas Williams, who played for the Rams and the Cardinals, was one of my favorite players growing up. He spells it a little differently, mm-hmm. this Aeneas Williams, but out of the state of Missouri, a five foot 11, 200 pound running back who, if you turn on, I mean, I was just writing, writing him up a little bit, Brian. He had almost 2,800 all purpose yards last year, 47 touchdowns, yeah. and another 73 tackles and three interceptions on defense. Like a very ridiculous stat line for Aeneas Williams. Obviously, he plays at a smaller school. So I would assume that Notre Dame wanted to see him in person to kind of size him up, make sure that he kind of checks those boxes. If you watch his film, I mean, the kid is as a runner. I mean, they put him in the slot and they ask him to run vertical routes. Like he's not just like a check down dude. He's not running angle routes. This kid is running a legit route tree as a slot receiver as well. A little harder sometimes in these types of settings to get a real feel for running back at points. Right. But I mean, for the most part, it sounds like he looked as advertised yeah. as an athlete yesterday. The thing Notre Dame wanted to see, I would imagine, is with a kid like that who's got great film, is okay. Let me see. Let me see if he's as big as he says he is. Because when you play against bad comp, usually those guys are smaller. It's harder. Like if you look like you have the size to play, and you're playing in Dallas or L.A. or Miami or you know those type, the size checks right like if you can physically play there it's a little different when you're playing in you know in Hannibal Missouri where you're like I don't know how I don't know what I don't know what the standard to gauge it against is right so I think seeing him check out and and you know Ryan I wrote this last night I you and I have a similar thought process on comps I hate lazy comps I hate comps that you have to compare someone just to a person that they went to school, they're going to the same school, or you're the school you cover, or because they're the same race or the same. Like, it's about finding something for style of play and body type. And But 
I mean, I'm sitting there. I'm like, please don't pick Kyron Williams. Like, dude, Brian, just think of somebody. And I couldn't. I couldn't because – and here's what I mean. Like, not only just the last name, they're both from Missouri, but same – like, very similar height. I think Aeneas is a little taller. Very similar body types. You know, really that well-built lower body. That's something I think Notre Dame wanted to see. Uh, and I'm just going off common sense of what you want to see is you want to see a running back that's got something to his lower body, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, really athletic, you know, cut up upper body kid, but still room to add more weight to it. You know, he's listed at 5'10", 195. I, I, I don't know about the 5'10 part. He was close. The 195 part I buy. Like after seeing him yesterday, I buy that, which means he's already as big as Kyron. I mean, he looked as big as Kyron Williams body-wise now like what Kyron is now. And he's, I think he's at least an inch taller than what Kyron is. So, so the body checked out, right? So then it's like, okay, let me see the feet move. Like, I don't care about what a running, like a, a running back at camp. It's not about, can he play running back? I want to see how he moves. And so, you know, watching coach, that was the cool thing for me. I had to kind of stop watching coach McCullough so I could actually watch the kids that were there. Cause you know, these are, it's my first chance seeing Jared Parker coaching in action. First chance to see coach Sucky and coach McCullough and those guys coaching coach Washington. That was pretty cool. So I, Finally focused on Aeneas and, you know, really smooth feet, really easy movement, Ryan. Like, it's just not – and what I mean is, like, there's just not a lot of effort and strain to to the movements. He's able to plant quickly and get out. You know, he's able to, you know, spin and then plant his feet and then go, right? That's the balance part. Like, a lot of guys can spin, but if you don't have agility and balance, you're not going to land and go. There's going to be a gather period, and that's that's when we talk about – what does it mean when you talk about running backs balanced? When he gets hit in a leg and he gets knocked off course, does he quickly get his feet back on the ground and go, or does he kind of got to balance himself, right, and then go? Guys with great balance hit that ground, and they're right back to it, right? And we kind of saw those things from, uh, you know, from Aeneas yesterday, really nice feet. And here's the other thing I liked. This may not seem like a big deal to some people, but as a coach it is. He was the first kid in line at every single drill they went through. And Coach McCullough would instruct him, and it was quick instruction. I mean, it was – he talks fast, and he was not dumbing it down for rising juniors in high school. He was – and I got to think that was on purpose. It was, let me see how you can – quick, how quickly you can absorb knowledge and then go do it. And every time Aeneas was bam, 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 doing exactly how he wanted to do it. And I and that stood out to me as well. You know, so that tells me he's a he's a kid that takes coaching, he takes instruction, he's a smart kid. He mm-hmm. can see something and quickly apply it. That's what you want. Cause that's the kind of kid you're sitting there at halftime of a game and you got to change up your 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 aiming points, you got to change up your blocking scheme, or you got to change up at a route that you think can work. But you've got a kid at running back or receiver quarterback that you need three days of practice before he figures it out. You can't make those adjustments. This is something a lot of people don't think about when you think about halftime adjustments or in-game adjustments. It's also about how quickly can kids absorb what you're doing and go do it, or do you need to rep it 20 times? Well, what I saw from Aeneas yesterday is Dela McCullough could show it to him one time in slow motion, and Aeneas would immediately do it exactly how the coach wanted it done. That's a great sign. That's a great sign. And it just continues what you and I know to be true, Ryan, which is, the 2024 running back board is impressive because, like you said, this is his second trip on campus. He was also on campus in April mm-hmm. for an unofficial visit. So this is the second time he's made a trip from campus, and it's just a more of a concerted effort on the article that IB had a while ago about Missouri is becoming a more and more and more important state to Notre Dame, and Aeneas Williams is just another example of that. 
Well, I mean, 2024 could be huge for Notre Dame, potentially. If you're talking about Aeneas Williams, you're talking about Ryan Wingo at wide receiver. You, you talked about McClellan, who uh, Jeremiah McClellan, who is mm-hmm. the teammate of Jeremiah Love, who's a 2023 running back on the board for Notre Dame. Jay so Sean Ross, who's Jay my Ross. new yep. you know, player crush in that class. <laughs> you know, we were asked that question uh, on the mailbag Friday. I guess you guys were asked on Thursday, Ryan, about, mm-hmm. you know, well, they said, who's my 24 guy? And I was sitting thought, I was like, you know, probably Jay Sean Ross is my new player crush. Like, man, I just love that kid, you know? So Missouri kid, Kansas City kid. Yep. So, yeah, sorry. You love, you love the 6'4", 220-pound Vipers that can also play wide receiver. That, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. what a nut job I am. <laughs> I respect it, man. I respect it. I love athletes, so there we are. Let's be real. If Keon Keeley wanted to be a high school wide receiver, you know he would be. Oh, for sure. Tight I mean, end, at least. the stone yeah. fades. I mean, exactly. who's going to cover yeah. them? You know what I mean? No, you're not wrong. But that's you are not wrong about that. that yeah. No, you are not wrong at all. So I was happy to see that Aeneas had a nice day overall. Did they did they let him run any routes, Brian? Would they put him in the slot or anything? Or was he just They running, did. Running I didn't thrills? see those. Okay. That, gotcha. that was, I was somewhere else when I looked over and saw them doing that stuff. I didn't get gotcha. a chance to see him doing that. It was, I only saw him kind of going through the drills and all the running back specific stuff. So, you know, because I got to decide, okay, what matters more for me? I know he can catch the ball. I've seen it on Mm -hmm. film, right? Like, to me, I want to see the body, and I want to see the feet, and I want to see the balance and those type of things. Does that check out? And then, you know, I want to see other kids. I want to see how other kids catch the ball clean or not. You know, there's other positions that are more important. Now, he's not like Kyron in that regard. Like, if you watch his film, he runs routes out of the backfield. Like, there's a, a seam route on his film where he just outruns the defense, and they drop it over the top, shows he can track the deep ball well. He's not like Kyron in that he's going to go out and be like a, you know, an immediate, like I remember their freshman year, Kyron Williams is like screwing Kyle Hamilton into the ground on a corner route, right? Like there's no other running backs that were doing that to him. He's not quite there, but he's got some, he's got legit potential as a, as a guy that can not only catch the ball in the backfield, but from film, but a kid that can play in the slot. Like we talk about with Jerron Payne and guys like that. I do think he brings that to the table, but that's more my opinion of watching him on film then because like to me you tracking a ball is one of those things that i don't need to know the competition you're playing against to know if you can track the deep ball or not you can either track it or you can't you know what i mean just the nature of looking up for the ball and not seeing anything else it's the other things that that maybe are a little bit more challenging relative to the to seeing what you're seeing on film but if a kid can catch he can catch right if a kid can can put his foot in the ground and run a corner out he can put his foot in the ground and run a corner out you know yep. and those things i saw on film so that's why i wasn't as Concerned about seeing that yesterday. Yeah, that makes Just, sense. And, it's I, my and I, stance. I actually do like the Kyron Williams comp because I feel like that's what everyone's kind of thrown on Jaden Lamar. But I think that this kid, Aeneas Williams, reminds me a lot more of Kyron Williams just from a physical perspective and just a play style perspective, right? Like I think there's a more apt comparison in there. So, Ryan, one guy that we almost jumped to, but I wanted to give the running back a little bit of love was Cam Williams, another talented wide receiver who's been on campus multiple times in the past. We had a couple of talented receivers, obviously, that were at the event, including Jack Larson at tight end, who I know we want to talk about a little bit as well. Well, let's start with Cam Williams. I know he's a he's got some length to him. He's right around six foot one, 180 pounds or so. Really smooth type of athlete. What did you see from Cam yesterday? Well, one, he looked bigger than 180 pounds. He looked he looked six one and a half, right? At least six one and a half. He was a lot fuller than I thought he was going to be. And I mean that in a good way. Like he was cut. He had a really athletic body. He wasn't the, he wasn't like narrow shouldered like Bronte Johnson's tall and thin. 
right? Like he's going to have to fill out and all that. But when you look at Cam Williams, like he looks like an older player, just physically looks like an older player. So that was the first thing that stood out. And again, that's always the first thing you want to look at at a camp is, okay, well, how does this kid look? Does he have broad shoulders? Does he narrow? Can he fill out his frame? Those type of things. And then after that, it was just, he's, he's, he ran a four, four, seven. And you could just see it when he ran to 40. I didn't, I didn't know what the time was initially. I heard, I heard one of the Notre Dame coaches went up to him afterwards and had not, no, not a coach. There was somebody that was at the camp that went up to him afterwards and said, you know, four, four, seven, like, wow. He's like, yeah, I was hoping to get under four five, but you know, so I mean, he, that's where I heard the four, four, seven, but you could see, you know, cause they do testing with these kids, right. And they do 40 times and agilities and all that kind of stuff. And they had all of the kids run, but when Cam ran, you could kind of see them all. You could see a, a buzz. And Ryan, you've been doing this in the scouting world. I mean, you know when somebody ran a time that people are impressed by, because there's two reactions. One is everybody looks around to confirm, like, oh, you know. and then there's the there's the oh crap, he ran a four seven that you just kind of like, oh, you, everybody kind of you kind of look down at first, and you're like. And the then mouth, you're like, oh, mouth you, gets open a little bit. Yeah, like, you have like, ooh, you know, you can see when someone ran a bad time, but when they start quickly turning around, like showing each other the watch and stuff like that, like you let the dude, the dude ran some stuff. And you know, four four seven for a kid with his size and frame as a sophomore is a good time. And so the reason they're looking around is they're all comparing, right? Like one guy may have had a four four seven. The reason you have like three four people timing at a time is sometimes you get a fast start or a late start or. A, 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 a too fast of a finish or a late finish, which is going to make a kid look slower or faster. Well, the reason you have multiple people timing is you kind of look, you know, Hey, I had a four, four, seven, you guys, I got a four, six, one, you know, like, okay, did you have a clean, you know, I got, you know, cause you kind of know, Ryan, when you've done this for a long time, you kind of know, like, mm, I got a late start on that one, or I, I jumped the gun on that. You, you kind of feel it. So oh, that's yeah. when you, that's why you compare. And then if like, if there's three people doing it and one person's the outlier, you know, the outlier didn't get it right. And that's why you have multiple people. So that's why they're all buzzing, like looking around and th- everybody had a very similar time. And so I think that was a big thing for me is because he looks like he has speed on film, but again, it's okay. Is it the competition? Like, but he went out there and I mean, and he would just run by people on go routes. I mean, that's the thing you want to see. Like, and it was a decent group of DBs yesterday, but he was running by guys, getting steps, catching the ball down the field. He's a really clean route runner, very efficient route runner. Like he's, I don't know who coaches him, but he's been well coached. I mean, he for a sophomore, he he knows how to play football. Uh, had a really nice post route. Like, I mean, as a college receiver, I I would have coached him up a couple of things. But for a sophomore, rising junior, you know, stem the guy out, stuck him, beat him to the top, created separation, and just once he got a step on the kid, the kid had no chance. And and he made a great play on it. And and just really, and he catches the ball clean, Ryan. Like he just he he attacks the ball even when it's in his body. He still gets it. You know what I mean? Because like sometimes the ball's right here. You can't go like this when the ball's coming at your chest. Sure. But he'll still kind of, you know, natural get plucker. It. Yeah. Natural plucker. Doesn't yeah. just let the ball come into his chest. Cause if the ball hits my hands here, unless you get your hands on my hands, I'm still catching it. If the ball gets into your body and you hit me from behind, the ball's popping out. It's just physics. And so, you know, showed me that, showed me confidence, good body control on some back shoulder stuff. Just, you know, is he a dynamic? Like, oh my gosh, that's the next Wolf Fuller guy? No. But other than that, I loved everything I saw about him hands yeah. speed uh, foot quickness loose hips good body control and he doesn't when the ball's deep he doesn't run with his hands extended which i hate late hands man. he's just late hands yeah. right that's mm-hmm. a sign of a confident kid and a kid that's been coached up well 
So I, I like I loved everything I saw from Cam yesterday. You know, he's ranked in like the 150 range. That's the floor for me. Like th- mm. that ranking is the floor for me. I think he he looked like a top hundred caliber kid to me yesterday. No question about it. Yeah, I think from a style perspective, I would say he's a little comparable to like a Lorenzo Styles, right? He's got kind of that long, lean frame, but he's really explosive and he's got that quickness to him. I think that's kind of like he could be a for me, Cam Williams, I think could be a three level separator, right? Like he's mentioned the speed. I think he's got the flexibility to run some routes. So very impressive day from Cam Williams. Want to send a shout out to Kate Grant for the super chat there. Kate Grant, we appreciate you as always. Being in the chats, being on the message board, on Twitter, you are everywhere, my friend. So we thank you so much. The other thing on that, Ryan, too, is the comparison with Lorenzo. Lorenzo, part of what makes Lorenzo good is he's a smart football player, too. He's not just an athletic kid. He's a smart. He's got a football IQ. And and you Cam shows some of that on film, but you really kind of got a feel for that yesterday. With just you, know, you could see him whenever Coach Stucky was talking, you could just see Cam just like like razor like focus on what he was saying. And you could just see he likes to be coached. He likes to, you know, and he's he was a really like mild kid, too. Like he wasn't out there like getting in people's face. He just has a quiet confidence to him. Like, you know, I hate to do this to you, man, but sorry, it's got to be done. You know, and, then you know, uh, like what's that lyric from the Jay-Z, right? Like, you know, I hate to do it to you as hate to you have it done. Or I forget the, what the lyric is, but like that's kind of how Cam carried himself, which I liked as well. You know, I don't mind a flamboyant receiver, but I also like those quiet assassins, you know, like the Jerry Rices and mm-hmm. and the Isaac Bruce's and, and you know, guys like that. I, I you know, I, I'm a big fan of that. So that's how Cam showed to me today. So I, I wanted l- to compare that part, too. Yeah. Kind of lulls you to sleep a little yeah. bit. Right. Like you don't yeah. really expect it. And then it's just like, oh, that's four, right. four seven running past right. me. That's that's different. Right. right. So, yeah. Now, nah, Cam Williams is a guy that we have been high on for a little bit here, and it's always nice to verify those things yeah. in person another thing that you were able to verify i know we talked yesterday actually you want to hit this this question first yeah before, before we move, move on, on just real quick yeah yeah so brandon asks who do you like more cam williams or caleb brown brian any initial thoughts on that yeah, and then he how followed up with how do they compare they're different players mm-hmm. you know like i can't they're different players cam is more of a natural receiver he's if if, if i'm looking for an outside guy Cam Williams is the guy that I would prefer because he's taller and he's got that ability. If I'm looking for a slot to X, then it's Caleb Brown because Caleb is a dynamic after the catch guy. You get him a jet, you get him a reverse, you throw him a slant, you throw him a cross, you know, work the seams. I mean, almost like a borderline running back type of guy. That's Caleb Brown. Outstanding player. I had him as a top 50 recruit last year. So in that role, I like Caleb. And this is part of what liking a guy more or worse is. Well, it depends on what role you're asking for. If, If you're asking me, I need a W. Would you take Caleb Brown or Cam Williams? I'm taking Cam Williams, right? Because he's he's better in that role. If you're asking me, hey, I need a Z, who would you like better? I'm definitely taking Caleb Brown because he fits that role better. Uh, so Caleb is the more explosive athlete. Cam's the more natural receiver, right? If that if that makes yeah, sense. So makes that's how sense. I compare them. It's a great question. Great, great question, Brandon. But that yeah. that's how I would that's how I would kind of compare those two guys yeah and cam's cam's unique sort of again like lorenzo styles like ideally you want to put him to the field but like he could be a different type of in the boundary type of receiver at times too right Mm -hmm. because he has that separation ability right really he's gonna get bigger he's gonna i mean he's gonna be six he's already six one and a half six two already 
he's going to be 195, 200 pounds early in his career. So to your point, I mean, he's got some of that, much like the comp you made with Lorenzo. He's he's got even more. He's I think he looks bigger to me now than Lorenzo does right now. Right. And and so another guy that I saw yesterday's filled out. uh, Speaking of, by the way, I didn't recognize him at first because he dyed his hair. But Braden Lindsay has like I finally got a chance to see what you saw in the spring. He's a different dude. Like physically, he he's a different guy. He's I didn't like he's I said been, he's been in the weight room a little bit. I didn't oh. recognize him because of the dyed hair, right? Like normally, a guy dyes his hair, you can still see the body type, but nope, because it's been two years since I've seen Braden in person. And so, getting to see him yesterday, I was like, okay, Braden has uh, now. I see what Ryan and and Vince and Sean were talking about this spring when they're like, Braden Lindsay looks like a different dude. I saw it yesterday. He's filled out. Somehow he's filled out and gotten more flexible as well, yeah. which doesn't make any sense. Well, I, I think he's I think he's finally built up his lower body. I think for mm-hmm. a long long time, Braden was a track athlete playing football from the standpoint of how he prepared. And and it's just a different it's a different physical preparation. You know, for track, it's I gotta build you up to go run one race, what, twice in a day maybe three times, depending on what tournament you're at, sometimes once. It's a different type of preparation. It's a different type of stretch. It's a different type of everything. Now Braden's a football player. And Mm -hmm. and he's always been a football player. But, like, what I mean is, like, his body is now built more like a football player. So I think, again, track is – I don't need to be flexible in track as much, right? Like, I mean, you need to have some – you need to have looseness. You can't be tight. But, like, you don't have to change direction to sprint. He's got to be able to go that way real fast. And I think Braden Braden Lindsay now looks like a guy that that understands that – not understands, but his body has gotten to the point. He's also passed two straight years' worth of injuries. He was healthy last year, so he's finally able to go through an offseason healthy and not have to rehab and all that other kind of stuff. So, yeah, he – yeah, no doubt. I just, so he said his I best just, year was his freshman year. I think you're referring to his sophomore year. It was actually the yeah. year that he broke out. He didn't play sophomore much as a freshman in 2018. Yeah, but uh, to Will's point that he put out in the chat, Will, I'm scared of it too, man. I'm hoping Braden doesn't let yeah. me down because yeah. I have big expectations for Braden Lindsay heading into 2021. I think he uh, – 2022, excuse me. All I'm going to say is I have talked to several people and the thing that I constantly hear about – Braden, and we'll get back to the other stuff here after this. Everybody sees something different from an from a mentality standpoint. This is the first time that people have really come out and just been like, "This dude is hungry." Like he's got a little bit of a a, a chip on his shoulder. That's healthy, right? I think there's an unhealthy chip on your. You can have an unhealthy chip on your shoulder, and at times, I think Braden had that. That and, and it was more of a why are you coming at me kind of thing. Now it's like, okay, I got you. Okay, you know, doubt me. Go for it. You're you because I'm gonna show you. And it's more of coming from a positive energy standpoint as opposed to a negative energy standpoint. And I think that's really good for the kid. And I think he's I think he's poised to have a big year. Again, gotta stay healthy, but I'm really excited to see what, what Braden can do this year. I really am. Oh, absolutely. And I know we were talking again about the great thing about these events is for players that have been offered already or have not been offered already, it's a good barometer to kind of see physically how the improvements that they've been making this offseason. I know one guy, Brian, we weren't necessarily 
worried about it, but anytime you're a 6'3", 225-pound tight end, speaking about Jack Larson, who seems to be right near the top of the tight mm-hmm. end board for 2024 from Notre Dame, you're going to worry for a second and say, is he legitimately 6'3"? Is yeah. he, does he have a body that can gain another 20 pounds? So it could be 240, 245, somewhere in that ballpark. We were on the phone last night, and you said, yes, he does look like he has the height factor, and he is a yeah. bigger kid than maybe some anticipate. Yeah, I mean, he he ran by me and walked by me a couple times. I'm six foot, and I mean, he he was how to say definitely taller than I was, and by at least a couple inches. I mean, he was definitely taller than I was. I mean, he he had some size to him. I would say when he was standing next to Jared Parker, the position coach, who's a taller guy, played wide receiver at Kentucky. He was definitely taller than he was. Uh, and he was at least an inch to an inch and a half taller than Marcus Freeman when he stood next to him. And that's the best way to gauge is, you know, in Marcus Freeman, six, one and a half. So he looked, the six, three looked legit to me. And he looked thicker than the two fifteen ish, you know, that he showed. And he's got a nice frame. He's going to be, I mean, he looks a lot like Kane Barong did coming out of high school, you know, and, and, Maybe even just a touch thicker lower body. I saw Kane Braun yesterday, by the way, too. He looked great. He looks healthy and and really filled out the upper body. He looks he looks really good. Uh, look, saw Gabriel Rubio yesterday. He has put together really well. Like he he looks he's, like, he's a massive kid, yeah. Gabriel Rubio. He's a yeah, big boy. And never he's never not smiling. I love that kid. Sorry, I forget the football player part. He's just a great kid, but he's got some of that to him, right? Like he's got, he's not like a skinny receiver. He is a smaller tight end. He is a six, three, two twenty five, two thirty. He's going to be two forty plus at six, three. And again, that's assuming over the next two years, he doesn't grow at all. You're right. I mean, just assuming he caps out at his height. Now his height's not an issue. And he's got some length too. That's the other thing, Ryan, too, that I, that I wanted to see up close. He's got some length to him. You know, he's not like super, super long, but he's got some length. He doesn't have like little, like small arms short arms. I thought that was good too. So when somebody asked is six foot three sufficient enough for a tight end? Yeah. It's going to be about the role they're going to use him in though. Right? Like he's part of a tight end room. Uh, number one is I, I think that too much is made of. There's too many people in the recruiting world that are still thinking that this is like 1985, you know, where tight ends got to be like six, five, six, six, 250 pounds. There's a role for guys like him. There's a role for, you know, the Eric Ebron's and who's the kid that came out of Ole Miss a couple of years ago, uh, Ingram, Evan Ingram, Evan Ingram, right. Yep. There's a role for guys like that in college, especially. And in a, in a, in a 12 personnel offense, it's a lot. I mean, put it like this. He's as big now as Tommy Trumbull was coming out of high school. Right. All right. I mean, there you go. And I don't think height was ever Tommy Trumbull's problem. He was what a third round NFL draft pick. Yep. Right. Now he's not the explosive vertical athlete that Tommy was, but he's a little bit more of a natural football player right now than, than Tommy was at the same age. So I don't think size is the problem. Size is only a problem for the role you ask him to play. If you're going to ask Jack Larson to be a carbon copy of Cole Komet or Michael Mayer, no, he doesn't fit that role. But you're not going to be dumb enough, I don't think, to recruit him to play that role. You're going to recruit him to play a complementary role or when he is, because think about how many times Michael Mayer was detached last year. It was a lot. That's the role that Jack Larson will thrive at, which you're just not going to do as of right now 
is attach him and say, go power block a nine technique all the time. I think he'll get there. And that's actually an area where being 6'3 could help him because he's going to be able to play with better pad level in the run game. It's just about developing the strength and the technique and those things. I'm not worried about it. I think he can do everything you're going to ask him to do. But mm-hmm. being 6'3 is going to also give you some options to where, excuse me, you can put him in more of a, a fullback role. It's hard to get a 6'5, six, 6'6 six, six guy to run through on an ISO and get low enough to get underneath the pads of a six foot two linebacker. Right. That's hard to do, mm-hmm. right? With Tom, that's what made Tommy Trumbull so great at that. He could just he could just kick out a nine technique and he was always going to be the low man because he was only six three, you know, six three and a half, right? And and so he could he could wrap around on a pole, get up in there, and get up under the pads of a Mike linebacker because they were the same height or similar height. Jackson will be able to do that. It's harder for Michael Mayer to do that. You've got to use him in more traditional blocking roles as a tight end, mm-hmm. where with you know, with Kevin Bauman, with Kane Barong, with Jack Larson, if Notre Dame were to get him, you have that number that not number two, but that that more of that H back type of role that you can use for your tight end. Sure. And so yeah. it would just be about how you use him and for how they would use him. And they have shown that they can use tight ends in that role. He fits it just fine. And there's, you know, that's why they've seem to kind of have zeroed in on him as one of the two or three guys that they really like and really want a tight end in this class. And, you know, you saw him and CJ Carr were basically attached to the hip yesterday during the, uh, during the event. Yeah. I remember when, uh, when they offered, when they originally offered him, Nick Muse, who is now a NFL player was drafted oh, right. out of the university of South Carolina. <laughs> he texted me and said, Oh, that's a dude. If Notre Dame can mm-hmm. lands, uh, land Jack Larson. So, very interesting yeah. player. I would just like to say on the size component to it, like you said, there's a role variation, obviously dependent upon size a little bit. The The only thing I will add to that is if you are slightly undersized, you need to ha- overcompensate in some other area. And Jack Larson is a good athlete. So that kind of yeah. overcompensates for a lack of height. And that's what right? I saw yesterday too. Yeah. Exactly. He comes off the line quickly, gets a really nice burst. Yep. Gets in and out. There was a couple times he was running routes. You could tell he hadn't run a ton, and I didn't necessarily see on film. And he just get a little choppy, but it was more of a technique thing. But when he was running a route, he was confident in he can get in and out of that sucker quickly. Right. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. That's the other thing he showed yesterday. Really nice hands. Really clean hands. Really confident hands. And that's always important. Like Bronte Johnson, for example, he's got the size, the length, the speed, the the catch radius, all the things you want in a receiver. He just doesn't catch the ball great. Yes. Which is, I think, partly why Notre Dame's looking at him as a DB, because that's where he worked out yesterday. And so uh though to me, those that's kind of where I, I see that one, right? I, I think that he fits that. And if you look at some of the tight ends, I mean, he's not the only guy like that that they're recruiting. You know, like if you look at the 2024 tight end board, the exception of Jonathan Eccles and the Brady Price corn priestcorn kid. Most of the tight ends they're recruiting are in that six three six four range, and I think part of that is because if you look at the last two classes, there's Hayden's Holden Stays who's six four, but then the next two are Eli Raritan six six traditionalist tight end, and you just signed Cooper Flanagan, so it's about finding. It's not about finding necessarily you know per se the the best tight end, but the combination of the t- guy that you think is the best while that also has to fit the role you're looking for the, and to, to build your roster up correctly. And I think that 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 even that can be like the tiebreaker. Like, hey, we love these three kids, but this kid fits a role maybe we're a little bit maybe more of a need for. And and 
you know, to me, that's, that's kind of where I see this. We're like, you know, uh, Brandon asked about you know, how I feel about, you know, uh, based off film, who do I like more, you know, uh, Jack Larson or Brady Pr- price corn. And to me, like they're a little different players, you know, yeah. like I, I love Brady's film, but he's more of a big vertical uh, Six, Eli Raritan, Michael Mayer. Yeah. Uh, he's that Cooper Flanagan type of player. Uh, to me, I think Jack's a different kind of player to the point where I'd say, well, I like them both a lot. You know, I think Jack is the better athlete. Brady's bigger and stronger, and he can run vertically pretty well, but he's not the sudden, you know, work the, the right, right, right. He's a bit more traditional in that standpoint. Great ball skills. And, you know, like, I mean, they're, like I said, they're, the tight end, was this you and I talking about this last night? So far from what I can tell, the 2024 tight end class is absolutely loaded. The fact that that Luca kid's not going to get an offer from Notre Dame, and the fact that Christian Betancourt is not, hasn't got an offer yet from Notre Dame, maybe he does, mm-hmm. says a lot about how loaded this tight end class is. Yeah. I mean, it, it, so far I've seen it's, I mean, you've got – and just the, just the guys that they've offered so far. I mean, Martavius Collins is really good. Jonathan Eccles is really good. Landon Thomas is really good. A dude. Brady is really good. Mm -hmm. Jack Larson is really good. There's not a wrong answer in which tight end do you like most of that. It's like, who do you want a tight end from that group? Don't care. Right. Right. Then it becomes, okay, well, what's your need? So the need for me is give me one of Landon, Jack, or Martavius Collins is more of filling the need. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how I look at it. So they're as far as my favorite guy, I think probably Landon Thomas would be the best that I've seen so far. Yeah. Martavius Collins is a pretty good player too. Jack Larson's a really good football player. Uh, I'd say probably Landon Thomas and, and then Jack's in that conversation for who, who would grade out highest the next. But again, that's not necessarily how you do it when you're recruiting. It's more about, okay, I got four dudes. Let me take the first one that wants to come. Cause there's not really a pecking or, if one guy is significantly better than the others, then you may have a pecking order. Yeah. But uh, at a position like this, you just you take you take that one, and then if you love the class enough, you just keep recruiting the others. Exactly. You know? I mean, that's that's what I would just if you're able to land Jack Larson and like to the point I was making earlier, Ryan is him and CJ Carr were like attached at the hip, mm-hmm. and Notre Dame loves him. I mean, there he put a photo out on Instagram where he's at the beach rocking Notre Dame gear. You know what I mean? Like. Like, okay, they got a good shot there. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I is if they want him and they push for him, I, I think they'll have a great shot to get him. But just because you get him doesn't mean that you've got to stop recruiting the other guys. Exactly. Right? If Landon now, Thomas wants to keep talking to you, you take him. Because you can play in both. That's the thing about Notre Dame's offense is you can play in both. You can mm-hmm. play both of them and Cooper Flanagan together at some point in time. That's the nature of Notre Dame's offense. So. Uh, you, you just look at it differently than maybe a lot of other schools. Georgia and Notre Dame, I think, can look at tight ends different, building a tight end depth chart differently than a lot of other schools just because of how they run their offense. No, it's it's a great point. I mean, like you said, the, the fact that Luca Puccinelli, who's a really talented tight end in his own right, is it doesn't even have an offer right now. Christian Batancourt can play. Yes, he can. I mean, he Four looked good kid, yesterday right? at Irish Invasion. He can play. It's just there's just a little different, there's just a little bit different level. With, with 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 Jack and some of those other guys, in my opinion. Now, like you said, Mar- uh, Martavius Collins, Jonathan Eccles, Jack Larson, Brady Priscorn, 
Landon Thomas. There's a lot of really. Those are just the guys with offers. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I just wrote down the offer list. That's all I was doing there. It's, it's crazy, <laughs> man. You talked a little bit, Brian. I, we talked about this yesterday, just kind of texting back and forth. A lot of people have asked this many times about Bronte Johnson, who is mm-hmm. in-state kid, obviously, out of the Fort Wayne um, area, north side, right? Fort Wayne north side, mm-hmm. I believe. So he is 6'3", 170 pounds, listed pretty much everywhere as a wide receiver. I think maybe one publication has him as an athlete. But I watched some film of him yesterday, and we were talking back and forth. I don't think his, I don't think his, he's a natural hands catcher at all, which mm-hmm. tells me I probably prefer him on defense. And very interesting player, because although he's only 170 pounds, and I would love your insight on this from what you saw yesterday – I think that there's a, I mean, he has a legitimate growth potential. Like you could, you could talk me into this kid potentially being a safety if he lands with Notre Dame or a Rover, maybe down the line as well. Like I could see both those things happening in state kid just got his offer yesterday. We've been asked a ton about Bronte Johnson. What did you see from him yesterday in the defensive back drills and just him moving on the field? Uh, they all list him as a receiver. I think what you're thinking of is ESPN hasn't ranked him yet is gotcha. the is the reason there's only three that list him as a receiver so far. I, 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 tr- I try not to listen to ESPN in general. But yes. Good call. Uh, they all list him as a receiver, number one kid in the state of Indiana. Look, he's got a lot of receiver traits, but he sh- to me, the thing I like about him is he's he's a pretty loose athlete. The The first thing about, about – uh, was he go by Tay-Tay, right? The first thing about Bronte is he is – he goes by Tay – Right. Uh, the first thing about Tay is six, three guys. A lot of times, Ryan, we've talked about this with Cam Hart can be a little tight hipped by nature. Just the taller you are sometimes. I don't know what it is. Somebody can maybe explain it to me. That's, you know, did better in health classes or their profession speaks. So, but I've just noticed that the taller you are a lot of times, just, you're not going to be quite as loose in the hips as a, not that you're tight, but you're tighter than a five eleven guy. And not always, but that's kind of what you see at that position. He's really loose. He can move, he changes direction with ease, which is another difficult thing for a 6'3 kid to do. So watching him go through the, like Kyle Hamilton, right? Like 6'4", rangy from center field, but you know, he's not going to look as quick going through a, a, a different box drill or or five yards, five yards, five yards, five yards, kind of, you know, you know, plant, drive, plant, drive drill as a Tariq Gracie will. Doesn't necessarily mean he's not a better athlete, it just means that type of drill is more conducive to the smaller athlete, right? But he was handling that stuff really well when his technique was right, meaning he can physically do it with ease. He's just a super raw kid, like super raw player technically. He's going to have to do some work over the next couple of years, you know, and that's why I'm, you know, I'm glad Notre Dame got on him early, but there's work to be done in other areas that he, that for if he's going to be a Notre Dame target. But you know, he he was coachable. I mean, you could hear him listening to Coach O'Leary and Coach Mickens. You could see him trying to implement the things they were trying to do. You could just tell he was starting with a much lower baseline from a what he's been taught up to this point in time. He's just a natural athlete playing football. I mean, that that's what he is. And so when you look at him, you're like, boy, this when this kid gets some coaching, good night. He's going to be good. He's just really raw. But, Ryan, he is twitchy. He's explosive. And then – I love the fact that even though Notre Dame's recruiting him as a DB, he still jumped in there and he wanted to get some receiver reps and one-on-ones. He just wanted to compete. He took a lot of reps. And yeah. at times he got beat because somebody could get him on a double move because he just, again, the technique's not there to get him out of position. But when it's just about you run, you and him, you you athletically and him athletically, you're going to have a tough time against him. Like Now, the other the, the, the drawback is he's really narrow. 
like really narrow. He's going to have to fill out a lot. But athletically, compete level was good. Uh, he's just, you know, like I said, there's some things to work on there, but there's a lot of tools to work with. Like I know 247 ranks him number 34. Uh, on three ranks, I'm number 130. I think he's kind of closer, like to the middle, maybe leaning back into the top 100, simply because he's so raw. But just raw tool standpoint, like just God-given ability standpoint, he's a top 50 caliber guy. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm shocked at the Illinois and Indiana combined have some really good athletes in the 2024 class. Like we had made a comment, like I don't know if they can rank as high in 24 because there's not as um, enough northern talent my opinion is starting to change a little bit as i see cam williams in person as i see you know maybe bronte johnson can be a legitimate candidate as i see mylon graham in person i know we were going to talk about him next uh when i see patrick clax in person i'm like okay this kid can play too he's a teammate of of uh of drake bowen that's four midwestern indiana illinois kids and i'm like those kids can play at notre dame now you can't take them all i don't think those kids can play in Notre Dame. True. And so it's like, you know, Cam Williams is ranked high. Bronte Johnson's ranked high. Mylon Graham's not ranked high now, but he better be because uh, he can play. Mm-hmm. So it's it's nice to see that, okay, is this a trend or just a couple two-year, you know, anomaly? I hope it's a trend because that's great for Notre Dame. But there were some Indiana kids on campus yesterday, and I'm going to be honest, with you, I usually set a pretty low bar for Indiana kids just because you hear about them and in shame work out and you're like, you know, okay, like there was a kid from Indiana a couple years ago. That's been several years now. He ended up going to like Miami or Ball State or something like that, but he was really fast. He just he couldn't do anything else. Mm-hmm. Or a kid's really shifty but slow. And it's just there's always something. But when I watched these kids, Cam Williams, Bronte, Mylon Graham, Patrick Clax, like they're like, no, these kids are all good football players. Like they're legitimately good football players. So it was it was good to see him. And Bronte has as high of a ceiling as any of them just from God-given ability. He just, he has the most room to, to, to go from a learning how to play the game standpoint. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Yeah, and you mentioned Patrick Clax. Of course, he is the teammate of Drake Bowen, the 2023 linebacker commit to Notre Dame, a guy to keep an eye on. He's been to campus before as well. So, Brian, last couple guys I want to talk about, and then we'll talk about a few, maybe just hit on a couple of these new offers we've mm-hmm. already talked about. Aeneas Williams, Bronte Johnson was a new offer over the weekend. One guy that I am, I'm a little impressed by, man. I'm a little more than I was anticipating because I didn't know his name until yesterday. And you dropped his name was Garrett Stover, who oh. is the cousin of Cade Stover, 
right. came to, went to Ohio State originally as a defensive player, was kind of like an edge linebacker hybrid, and now he's playing tight end for the University of Ohio State. And I didn't know anything about his mm-hmm. cousin, to be honest with you. And yeah. I mean, I watched a film yesterday, and we talked about this this morning. I see a lot of Pete Warner in his game right yes. now. He's a 6'2", 200-pound athlete. If you watch his film, he's kind of playing safety, mid-hole, some on the second level, doing all he types of stuff. kind of doing what Jack Kaiser did as yep. well in high school and Pete Warner, but he's and just... A, and a little bit of Prince Kali, too. Yeah, like they a little kind bit of more explosive same thing. than Jack yeah. was, yeah. 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 So just so y'all understand what that comp from Ryan means, Ryan loves Pete Warner, like rightfully so loves Pete Warner. And I think you're, I think he's not as long as Pete was in high school. Pete was taller. Garrett's thicker than Pete was at the same age, but Mm -hmm. the explosiveness is there. The, the thing I loved about Pete coming out was he didn't look unnatural playing safety same with jack kaiser like jack kaiser playing free safety in high school looked natural playing now he wasn't going to play the notre dame pete wasn't going to play that in notre dame that's not the point the point is can you get there out there in the back of the defense and look natural have the instincts to fly downhill to flip your hips and do all those kind of things and he did that and his range is exceptional i didn't know who he was because the problem yesterday was they didn't give us a, we didn't have a roster uh which i don't know if they're allowed to do if they're allowed to hand those out that might be promoting whatever some stupid ncaa rule so we didn't get a roster and they would put the name tags on the kids helmets well they don't wear the flipping helmets the whole time so i I'm, I'm just like writing down five really you know so i'm like writing notes but i'm using their names and then i would kind of afterwards try to find out who's who well i'm seeing this number five and he was wearing number five in white and i'm just in my notes i'm like this is a dude and i went up to vince because vince was there yesterday too and i'm like dude watch this kid and he's going through these these like um you know, these drills with James Laronitis and it's like going around the ring and you're changing and you're playing and he's just smoking people. His change of direction is tremendous. His explosiveness is tremendous. His physique is like, he is like, if I could build a Rover in a lab, I'd maybe add another inch outside of that. Garrett Stover is kind of it. Somebody said, how does he compare to Jeremiah Usukoromo? My response was yes. Yes. Because remember, Jeremiah played a lot of safety early in his career in high school, too. I, I would say Garrett is faster than Jeremiah. Similar explosiveness. That's a really good football player. I don't know where – I haven't looked at where he's ranked yet now. Don't care. Yeah. Uh, but he's a great player. Now, of course, the the elephant in the room is he is at a school in, that's a very pro-Ohio State. He's got a relative that's already at Ohio State. Now, Notre Dame looked at Cade Stover and liked Cade Stover, and he liked Notre Dame. He visited Notre Dame as well. And then, obviously, the fact that this kid can't in Notre Dame, there's some level of interest. Ohio State's going to be very hard to beat, obviously. But I thought the same thing about Brendan Vernon. So we'll see. But take away the interest in Notre Dame aspect of it, because I don't have a lot to add there from a recruiting standpoint. I'm All I can really add about him is the, the talent is, is really impressive, like really impressive. Like I, I'm – not surprised he does. I think the part of the reason they, they wanted to wait to offer him, if I had to guess, is you see him on film, you're like, okay, he he's going to be a linebacker, but what's his what's his body like? Does he have the size to grow into a rover, that kind of thing? And the answer was very – I mean, from just walking up next to him, like, yep, okay, he's got that, right? Is he really 6'1 6'2"? Yep, checks out. Uh, but the athleticism pops on film. It popped at camp yesterday, and he's doing it in like a six one and a half, six two frame as a sophomore. So he was um, 
I mean, he was without question in my top five. I mean, he was in in him, Caleb Beasley, Cam Williams, CJ Carr. I mean, those were the guys to me that yesterday really, really stood out for me yesterday. Caleb, Caleb Beasley was the best kid at camp. I mean, he was the best kid there yesterday. And we're, and we're going to talk about him in a second. Last thing I'll say about Stover is the comparison to Pete Werner for me is role they played in high school, and then I could see him – starting as a rover if he comes to Notre Dame, but eventually moving maybe into Will, because I think he has kind of a body that could eventually hold 225-ish. Can I ask you a question on that? Of course, yeah. Because this is going to determine something. When you talk about him being a Will, are you talking about he can go play Will or he may have to go play Will? I I, Not have to. You know what I I mean by that, right? Like, he can't stay at rover. Like, Jeremiah Wusu-Koromo could have moved to Will, I think, if he needed to. Like, Sure. Like, Drew Tranquil could have stayed at rover. He was really good there, but he was better at Will. I'm just trying to, you know, where some guys, I'm like, I don't know if that guy can play Rover, so you got to move him to Will. What, what, when you say that, are, are you thinking he can be great at both? If the need is greater at Will, he can move there, or do you think he may outgrow or not be able to stick in the in space? I, I think it's similar to a Drake Bowen for me, because okay. I think that Drake, like if Drake stays around 215-ish, he could play Rover all day, but I think that his body may be 230-ish eventually, right? Okay. So I think he's going to outgrow Will eventually, because we're talking about Garrett Stover. I mean, he just finished up his sophomore season, and he's 6'2", 200 pounds. Like he mm. might, He's probably going to be 215 yeah. before, you know, by his senior year, 215, 220. So I think he's going to be a bigger athlete. Eventually. To me, seeing him in person, he's a little bit leaner than Drake was. Okay. So he's not quite as thick as Drake was. I do think he has more of a Jack Kaiser type of frame, a little thicker than Jack was the same age, but more of a a more similar frame to Jack than Drake, just for me, seeing him in person. Uh, but the athleticism is 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 there. There's no question yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah, and I just I love I love the combination of comfortability and space. I think when you watch his film, he comes to balance and he's pretty physical. In a lot of ways. I mean, Pete Warner was a kid, Brian, if you remember correctly, like he, he played the big Sam, like kind of Rover position at Ohio state mm-hmm. before he moved inside because um, the other linebacker, Baron Browning couldn't play inside. Mm-hmm. So they're like, you, you gotta right. put you in space type of thing. So last guy that you just highlighted, probably the most impressive player of the day was Caleb Beasley yeah. defensive back who I know their name is very high on. I've talked to him a few times. He's a great young man. I checked in with him this morning. He is excited about everything that he was able to accomplish yesterday. He thinks that he yeah. kind of put his best foot forward. Yeah. Your general, your general impressions of Caleb Beasley. <laughs> if he has about another level of football than what we showed yesterday, I can't wait to see it. Top ten player in the country. Let's I mean, he was he was phenomenal yesterday, and it was funny. I put a tweet out yesterday, and I said, you know, arguably the best player at camp, and you know, I. I try to say things like that out of respect for other kids, but also maybe I watched him more than I watched some other kid. Maybe somebody saw a kid that he thought was better, whatever. You know, there's always discussion to be at, usually discussion that you can have with those kind of things. And my guy, Tim O'Malley responds. He's like, yeah, I'm not here to argue. <laughs> it's like, nope, he was really good. And yeah, he looked great in drills. He's a little bigger than I thought he was going to be Ryan. Like I think in articles we have, we have listed him at six foot, like 175 pounds because that's what he's listed as. He looked 180 to 185-ish to me, like really athletic kid, like, you know, like not as big as Justin Rett, but like a a similar-ish type of frame. But in I mean, it start, he started to stand out in drills, right? That's the first way, you, excuse me, the first place you notice him. And he's just really easy pedal, right? Plant and drive is excellent. You know, flips his hips with ease. 
natural in coverage. And then you see it. So he's, you're already like, he's checking all the boxes athletically, right? I mean, you know, doing all those kind of things. I knew you were going to respond to that comment about <laughs> just waiting, waiting to hear where, when it comes, but back to Caleb Beasley, just really effortless. And that's what I like as a core. I want a guy that's effortless. And when you watched him cover guys, and I'm talking about cover some good players, it's like he was running at a, a speed that was kind of different than everybody else. Meaning like, like, okay, imagine if I went and raced Braden Lindsay, right? <clears throat> Braden would be kind of like jogging, like taunting me the whole time. Like he might even turn like backwards a little bit, like backpedal, taunting me the whole time because he would crush me, right? I- I'm kind of using this as like a, a funny type of, of, of thing where, you know, that was – that's kind of how I I viewed how he was playing cornerback yesterday. Ryan is he just was, it was like he was toying with people. He was just playing at a different speed than everybody else was playing at. And, and that was something that I thought really stood out to me against some good players, meaning like he's locking them down without even like really trying. Now here's why that's important. If you if you've got easy speed and easy movement, right? Then what you're going to do is is you're going to then say, okay, if you do a double move on me, I don't have to overreact because you know I, I'm confident not only in my ability, but I'm also confident in you know the the Ryan. Can you check on that? What they're talking about in the chat. Um, you know, are you confident in your ability to play? Are you able to go out and, and you know, move with ease? I'm not going to bite on a double move. I'm going to be able to be all over a comeback because I'm, you know, I can play in phase without exerting myself more, right? And it was an easy speed. It was easy change of direction, just mirroring all these different – I mean, he was it was just so clean. And he wasn't even – like, when I say he wasn't trying, Ryan, it comes across as like he wasn't giving effort. It was just that almost like he had to slow himself down because he was so much better than who he was going against. That's what I'm referring to. And it was one of the more impressive cornerback performances that I've seen at Irish Invasion. And we've seen some really good cornerbacks come through here over the years. So, uh, you know, I, I am, um, I was very impressed by what I saw. There's no doubt about it. There was one play in particular, Brian, that I saw of Beasley where, Again, those kids that are six one and a half, somewhere in that ballpark, a little bit of a higher cut cornerback, they usually don't change directions really well. There was one where I think it was just like an inside breaking route where I was just like that. All right, that's a little different that change of direction, right? So, mm-hmm. I, yeah, man, I'm I'm all the way in on Caleb Beasley. I, I think that he is a player who I have not seen at least from a physical perspective i mean there's a lot of good corners it seems in the 2024 cycle the emilio edgard kid out of out of uh, P- pennsylvania mm-hmm. you had desmond ricks that's down in img that and, and ellis robinson who is a guy that Notre Dame is offered out of img there's a lot of really talented cornerbacks man beasley looks about as physically impressive as anybody in the country right now in my opinion uh, there's a lot of kids i need to see still right so yeah. I don't, I'm not comfortable yet saying where he should rank among the other corners. 
Mm-hmm. What I'll say is, is I can look at a kid and say, that's a top 200 guy. That's a top 100 guy. That's a top 50 guy. Just in in what a top 50 guy looks like from having done this for as long as I have. Right. Caleb Beasley's a top 50 football player. Easily. Mm-hmm. Easily. And, and so, uh, you know, to me, I mean, that's a – he and here's another thing too, Ryan. From a recruiting standpoint, his mom and yeah. dad were both there, rocking mm-hmm. Notre Dame gear, <laughs> like loving things. I talked to Smitty yesterday. He saw he saw Caleb at an event. I can't remember where he saw him because Brian travels everywhere to watch these events, right? Like one week he's in Texas, the next week he's in Louisiana. He's in like, dude, where are you? Like, I'm back home in Florida. Oh, okay. You remember where you live, right? Like, that's what I love about Smitty. He's always going to these events. And so he talks to these kids and meets these kids and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, to me, he said to me, he said that this is before yesterday. That is a Notre Dame kid. If I've ever met one, like just everything. And Brian, again, Brian's been doing this way longer than I have. And, you know, he said, look, I mean, everything about the kid is Notre Dame. And then when you see his family pro Notre Dame, again, Alabama wants him, Georgia wants him, Tennessee wants him. I'm not saying Notre Dame's a lock to get him. What I'm saying is, this is an elite player that you were going to have a shot at. Now you just got to go close because, I mean, he interacted with Coach Mickens really well and Coach Freeman was all over him. And you could just tell that Notre Dame loved that kid, wants that kid. Now it's about closing because he is a fit at Notre Dame, an incredible fit. And you could just watch his dad. This dad's a big guy, and his dad was just glowing yesterday watching. His mom was having a good time. Notre Dame was loving on him. Now it's about closing the deal, right? And that's going to be – that's going to be the key. It's going to be the key. Yeah, and just to quickly run through it again, Aeneas Williams was a young man who had a, a offer extended yesterday. Mylon Graham, wide receiver. Loved Mylon Graham yesterday too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know he was one of the very talented receivers. Kobe Howard, who is a 2025 <sighs> wide – 2025, I said that again for a third time. 2025 wide receiver who received an offer yesterday. Very talented receiver in his own right, Garrett Stover was offered who we hit on a little bit a second ago, and Bronte Johnson, an in-state wide receiver out of the um, – out of the where, – where is he from again? Oh, no, Fort who? Wayne. Fort Wayne. Yeah. Fort Wayne is well, one My, of and, and, uh and Bronte are both Fort Wayne kids. New Haven's yes. like right outside of Fort Wayne. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So those are the new offers, Brian. Also mixed in with the Irish Invasion were a couple important visitors right. for Notre Dame on the offensive line, specifically talking about Elijah Page, talented offensive tackle out of Pinnacle in Arizona, and Joe Odding, a offensive lineman out of Kansas, Hayden High School out there in Kansas. Two players we've been asked about a lot, two players that I think we both like for a lot of different reasons. Joe is more of an interior player, while Elijah is a true offensive tackle type. But we've been hearing a lot of great things from both parties. I guess let's start with Elijah Page, Brian. He's a really talented player, obviously, out of the state of Arizona, like I already indicated. I think that Notre Dame put their best step forward, put out a piece this morning. Well, you're you're him. prefacing this to to ask yeah. me a question. You're the yes. one that talks to him. So let me let me flip the script. Oh, Ryan, flip. Flip the script. you had a chance to talk to Elijah, yep. right? I've heard great things about how it went. You've talked to him. Right. Sure. He's a very open kid. He's a very he's a very outgoing kid. I really like that kid. You've talked to him. I've told you what I've heard from my sources. 
you tell me what you've heard. You tell everybody what you heard because you had a chance to talk to him yesterday about how the visit went and you know yeah. what things stood out. Because this was a big visit, Ryan. We we talked about this. Like they were going to be a player for him, but if they're going to really have a chance to close, they had to they had to knock it out of the park this weekend. Yeah, I mean they had to. It was the first time that Elijah Page was on campus in South Bend, right? So naturally, you have to. I mean, you can have as much interest as as possible, but. Until you get on campus and you can see yourself there, it's not a tangible thing. I think Elijah came to this campus and he mentioned, you know, the usual things, getting the campus tour, talking to some players, talking to coaches, all that good stuff. I think him sitting down with Coach Heastand in the film room and being able to watch film on himself and the other players on campus, I, I think that that really stuck with him a ton. He really, I think, w- took to the coaching of Harry Heastand. And one of the main things that he told me was, and I asked him pretty much straight up, like Arizona's a far away from South Bend, Indiana, you know, like some guys just aren't willing to, to make that trip. Distance is not a factor in Elijah Page's recruitment, which that points up to Notre Dame, right? If it's not a factor, you like the school, you just had a great visit. You were an academically driven kid. All those things point that Notre Dame is going to be in the, in the conversation here. I think they are. I think Notre Dame is making a strong push. I know we've had a couple questions on the numbers of offensive line class and and all that, and it's a great conversation to have. Me and Brian actually just had that conversation this morning. All I'm mm-hmm. going to tell you is, is Notre Dame likes him a lot. Notre Dame is going to push hard for him down the stretch here, and I think that they are in the driver's seat here. I think that you left this visit feeling very good about your chances with Elijah Page. Dan, yeah, and my sources feel the same way. You know, they feel like they did well. Now, look, he's got some other visits scheduled, and that's going to factor in, right? And and so now it's about closing the deal. But, yes, they they have done a, a good job there, very, very good job there. So, uh, Ryan, I, I did put that on the board. I was able to confirm that. So we'll say that's it now. Um, CJ Carr, the player we talked about, I flat out said it. We didn't even know where he was at. On uh, Thursday, he's going to – at 7 o'clock p.m., he will be making his college announcement. Uh, we're not going to dive into that anymore other than to let you know, we will have a live show at seven o'clock that day. So I think y'all know what that means. And no, I do not believe there's any conversation about him reclassifying to 2023. Y'all they're still recruiting Dante Moore. They love Dante Moore. Dante Moore is not afraid of competition and neither CJ Carr. That's what you want in a great quarterback. So anyway, so that, uh, that is something we can confirm and, um, it's big time. And, 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 uh, I think there will be others to follow soon after. I'll just leave it at that, right? And I and I don't think he'll be the only commitment this week. And then that's all I'm saying on the subject, right? So just to tease y'all enough, uh, I, I don't think he'll be the only kid that pops this week. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't you hate it when I do that? Because you know I'm not going to tell you who it is. Uh, Ryan, Ryan knows who it is. But um, it's going to yeah. be a fun week for Notre Dame. There's no doubt about that. No doubt. Yeah, we're that. we're we're going to be busy this week. Not only not only yeah. not only potential commitments, but also prepping for the June 10th weekend, right. which is going big to be big weekends coming up, brother. It's going to be bananas, man. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, going back to Elijah Page here for a second. You feel good about where Notre Dame is with him, obviously. Mm-hmm. I feel good about where Notre Dame is with him. They have to close cuz like you said there's a couple visits that still need to happen. Right. But Notre Dame is pushing, and they're pushing hard for Elijah Page right now. The other thing that that I that I gathered too is he checked out physically a lot bigger than they thought than he was on film and as a junior. Like apparently he's really filled out in the upper body. Like he's really had a growth spurt. Here's another thing to factor in: 
you always get nervous about a kid who was highly ranked, whose career so far hasn't panned out, who is a who's from the same high school as another kid you're recruiting. And let's be honest, Tosh Baker's a top hundred kid, and his career hasn't panned out. And we, we talked about reasons why he still has a chance, right? He still has a chance to to be that guy, and he's going to keep working. But how's he going to view Notre Dame? And from everything I've heard. And Elijah has not been shy about saying it. I think he said it to you, but he said it to others. Like Tosh loves Notre Dame and loves Coach Eastan, which has helped. So when yeah. a backup offensive lineman is telling you, I love the coaching and I love it here, and I'm a former top under recruit who's not playing, I think that says a lot about the health of the program right now when you talk about the other players. And that is being told a lot to recruits. Like mm-hmm. the culture here is so much different better all those types of things so agree yeah uh they, they've done a good job and and joe odding was on campus this weekend too ryan he was actually working out at camp and um it went really well he checked all the boxes he needed to check for notre dame he he physically was the size they wanted him to be uh was really excellent in drills athletic coachable all that so he checked all those boxes as well well, we, we talked about the verification process for some of these 2024 and 2025 kids that got offered this weekend. It was also a verification of Joe Odding, right? Because mm-hmm. although he already had an offer and Coach Heeson had already been was, down to He did not have a guaranteed spot in this class going into the workout Yeah, from what yeah. we were told. He had to earn so he, it. Yeah, exactly. And Odding camped out this weekend to showcase that he belongs at Notre Dame, to show that he has the body type and has the physicality and has all those makings and be impressed. And he did. He did. He did. No, they loved him. And he checked all the boxes. And, you know, look, here's two schools that want this kid bad, Notre Dame and Iowa. Mm -hmm. So I heard somebody say, why would you take a kid with an unimpressive offer list? I'm sorry, but unless you want to add Alabama to that list, two of the top, what, there's five, there's no, now not even five, because I don't know about the new Georgia coach, but there's, there's four programs right now who, if their offensive line coach offers a kid, I'm paying attention. Texas, simply because of Kyle Flood. Alabama, because just they've been able to produce really good lines for a long time. Notre Dame, duh, and Iowa. Well, half those schools are looking at Joe Otting hard. And, you know, it's it's good enough for me. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Uh, he. He did everything he had to this weekend, folks. I, we feel very good about – well, we felt good about, hey, going into the visit or the camp, I should say, if Joe Otting impressed and Notre Dame pushed, that yeah. we feel good about where they stood yeah. with Joe Otting because Joe Otting yeah. really likes Notre Dame. There's Great no fit. Doubt. Family loves – yeah, I mean, just, he's a good fit. He's a good fit. He's a good so fit. So now it's no, just about figuring out yeah, all the numbers and stuff. So Exactly, exactly. We went a little long, Ryan, on this on today's show uh, for that part of the show. So um, uh, let's let's hold off on the rest of the O line, how it all fits until after Monroe Freeling and you know gets on campus this weekend, and we're able to see kind of how that goes. Let's kind of see uh, and some other things, you know, kind of progress over the next week, so we can talk. So we'll, we're going to push that part off until next yeah. week. But we were able to at least the important stuff, the pertinent stuff of how did Elijah Page's visit go. And how did it go with Joe Otting? I think are the, the two important things. So, um, yep, we will uh, we will talk Thursday. I think I think will be good to talk about the um, the CJ Carr situation a little bit further on Thursday. 
sort of previewing that PM show uh, along with some other topics. So I think, I think we'll have another recruiting show probably Thursday. How about that? Uh, that's the kind of the plan right now. We'll do some team yeah. stuff the next couple of days. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.